Did anything interesting or weird or just generally kind of funny happen during your first week of college? Um, short answer, of course. Um, <laughs> long answer, I met some of my best friends um, during that first week because we all skipped... We were all, like, supposed to read a book over the summer before we got there and then, like, go to a book discussion. Absolutely not, is what I said. (laughs) Um, I think my mom bought me the book, but I didn't read it. And therefore did not go to said discussion. I was a musical theater major. (laughs) You're not supposed to read. I don't read. (laughs) No, but I I found all of the people... Because the campus was, like you know, relatively empty because, you know, the freshmen go a week early for orientation. Right. So the campus was relatively um, empty because everyone was supposed to be at this book discussion, except for me and about four other people. We became best friends and we stayed best friends pretty much all throughout college. Nice. Shout out to Peyton. He's included in that bunch. <laughs> he's, he's still one of my really good friends. Um, a lot of the other folks do not live in New York City, so I don't see them very often. But, mm. yep. God, I, now I'm just having flashbacks to that stupid book they had us read. Because it was like... A, a, ours was something bad. Like, it wasn't fiction. It was like this non-fiction, but like self-help motivation kind of book. And I definitely got it from the library, read the first few pages, said, I'm good, and also skipped that part of the orientation. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't make me do shit. I had my friend sign me in. Because <laughs> oh, we had we to sign even, in we with might, our ID number. And we might I just have told had them, to sign in. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't know because I wasn't there. Um, 212087. Yeah. I still know my college ID number for some reason. So my college's um, uh, catchphrase was, where you're a name, not a number. And then the first thing that they give you is, here's your number. <laughs> like B001156 or something. Um, that yep. was definitely not my number. I have no idea. I lost I, my I, student I ID. I cannot tell you why I am able to unlock that memory at a moment's notice. It's pretty amazing. Can't remember my own birthday. Can remember that my college ID number. <laughs> you know, it's weird how brains work. Uh, hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Raw? Yeah, you mean the 2016 directorial debut and uh, member of the New French Extreme movement? Uh, Yep, that's the one. That was an unhinged way of answering that question, but uh, yeah. (laughs) There we go. I'm Nicole. I'm Topher. And we're the Horror Babes. Correct. And we want to thank you for joining us for our Origins Month last month, and now we're back to our regular random chaotic programming. <laughs> we'll be following some sort of a format today, and just in case you're new here, with that, this is what that format is. Topher will take us through who made this thing, shout out the cast and the crew, and then I will take us through the plot, and then we will analyze said plot. But first, we have some horror news. Studio 666 is in theaters, y'all. Yes, and I need to go see it so Bad. I know we we were gonna go see it last weekend, but that just didn't. It wasn't in the cards. Um, yeah, but I was like I was ready to be there opening weekend. Like we'll see it soon. We'll cover it soon. I'm so stoked for this movie. So uh, do we have any other news, or was it just? Uh, oh we, no, I've got plenty. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay, it's, great. It's been a slower week, but um, we did get the first trailer or first poster for Nope, mm-hmm. which I I'm going to be talking about Nope in some format until June 22nd, 2022. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like they're going to be like giving us little breadcrumbs. Yeah, until right. Then, or at least I hope. 
But we did get some new stills as well from a new indie horror film that's been uh, kind of getting teased. It's coming out April 1st. It's called You Won't Be Alone. Uh, Numi Rapace is the star from the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have... Sam- we've, uh, we haven't talked about this movie yet, really. Um, I keep meaning to say it, and then I either write it down and forget, or don't write it down and forget. But it's a movie I've seen bits and pieces, uh, like little teases of, and I'm very excited for. Um, yeah, Sandra O's oh first ever horror film nice. uh, as a lead, and it's called Uma. And we just got some new uh, got some new images from it, and I'm stoked. It's coming out very soon, and I cannot wait. Yay! I always love we we always have an uptick. It's like we have a lot of um, horror films that come out in you know seasonally appropriate times, like October or whatever, and then we have a little dip, and then they start um, advertising for like the summer and yeah. it, like summer horror films. And I am so. I'm genuinely, I think 2022 in general is going to go down as like a peak year in horror. I really hope so. I, I mean, already we've had the new Scream film, yeah, Banger. Great, yeah. Studio 666, which I'm sure is a banger. I'm I so refuse excited. to believe that it won't be good. <laughs> we've got a new Jordan Peele film. We've got a Sam Raimi produced film. We've got a new Alex Garland film. We've got a new Ty West film. Like That's true. That's, that's true. all now I that fucking you lay need. It out, now that you lay it all out out there, yeah. I mean, the only... Fede Alvarez produced uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I haven't seen yet, but I it just dropped on Netflix like a week ago. So, like, but I love Fede Alvarez, so... The only thing that would truly just, like, put the nail in the coffin for me for that would be if, like, Bong Joon-ho was like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm doing something, too. I'm low-key dropping something. I'm low-key dropping something. Like, that, <laughs> that would... Um, probably make this the best year i don't know we'll see we should at the end of the year do kind of like a, a recap or yeah, something we should and, do a wrap-up episode a little wrap-up and say yeah this year was a true banger a true this banger. was like 2009 in music oh shit <laughs> um but yeah i think is that does that wrap up your news yeah that's all i've got for news right now so who made this thing me no i wish uh this is far more competent than i've anything i've ever done uh, so this is from Julia Ducanu. Oh, sorry. There's going to be a lot of French, and I'm going to be real much. I'm going to be a dick about it. Yeah. I would say, like when I was when I was reading um, the actors' names, I was like, "Thank God you speak French," because <laughs> I I I am so bad at French. I wish I was better. I just I don't the mixed vowels. They really throw me off. I try. I've been trying for almost four years, but hey, it's okay. My mouth just doesn't make those sounds. It makes plenty of other wonderful sounds. Don't worry about it. Oh, gross. I was talking about your singing. <laughs> My mother listens to this podcast. <laughs> anyway. What's up, Nikki? <laughs> Shout out. So, yeah, like I said earlier, this was her debut, like, feature feature. Like, wide release feature. She'd, um, she'd done a short called Junior and a made-for-CV film that she co-directed called Monge. But um, after that, she worked on a couple of uh, episodes of the Ser- of Servant and one from last year that we are going to cover. And I actually didn't realize that it was by the same director because I wasn't thinking straight yesterday or the other day. Titan, which was the two movies we were going to co- we were considering covering this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, who um, say the name of the director again? Julia Ducanu. OK, but yeah, uh, she's definitely someone that I'm already ready to keep an eye on. Um, Especially yeah. with every wonderful thing I've heard about Titan. I'm like, okay, we've got a new one. I mean, 
They claimed with this movie that people at the film festival that it, it originally premiered at fainted. So. I can believe it. I almost fainted. Yeah, yeah, I was stressed, <laughs> to say the least. So now for our cast. Uh, as our lead, Justine, we have Garance Marie uh, as her sister, older sister, Alexia, or Alex, as she's called throughout the film. Ella Rumpf, uh, Justine's roommate and occasional lover, Adrienne, is played by Rabba Naït Ufala. Uh, the father, and so this is funny. So after this, those are the only three named characters in the movie. Oh. Uh, we have the father, the mother, the nurse. Hmm. <laughs> but oh. uh, yeah, so the father, Laurent Lucas, uh, the mother, Joanna Preis, and uh, our wonderful nurse who tells a dope story is uh, Marion Vernou. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so fun for me. I'm just like flexing. I know. I, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that this is your strength because it is my weakness. <laughs> so for the younger actors, um, they were, this is all kind of their earliest credits. Uh, they've been in other things, but this is pretty much what they sort of made their, like, like cut their teeth on. So as we've said like 100,000 times on this podcast, and we'll say it 100,000 more, when it comes to indie films, um, the crew tends to be pretty tight knit and works together consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like I've said before, for, for myself, like I absolutely do operate that way. Almost everybody I know operates that way. Just like right. you find somebody, you find the people who help make your work sing, yeah. and you work with them for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the music was from Jim Williams. Our cinematographer was Ruben Impens. Uh, who also shot Beautiful Boy, which was uh, got a lot of flair back in 2018. It's uh, Steve Carell, and since I'm doing the uh, the French pronunci- pronunciation of everybody's name, Timothée Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Good old Timmy Tim Charles. Um, but I also love that he shot the episode Men Against Fire of Black Mirror. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, great episode. Yeah. I, I mean, there's one. really just no... There's zero non-bangers in Black Mirror, but... Yeah. They're all very shocking, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then our editing was from Jean-Christophe Bouzy. Ooh. Did you like that? I did like that. Made you happy? Yep. So, obviously, it's going to be, you know, it's an indie film. Um, it had a budget of just shy of $4 million, three and a half million euro. Uh, it made back 3.1, which is not bad, mm-hmm. frankly speaking. Like, that's a success yeah. to me. No, that's good. Um, yeah, so it premiered at Cannes. In uh, May of 2016, it got its wide release in Belgium and France in March of 2017 and came to the U.S. uh, also in March of 2017. Um, I was laughing that at the top, um, it doesn't say this on the Wikipedia page, but it says something like the uh, consideration paid for the the tax shelter of Belgium, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is very funny. Yeah. Just to refer to yourself as a tax shelter. Yeah. It was shot in uh, northern France on the French-Belgian border, mm-hmm. back and forth between the two countries, and it is in French fully. Yep. Um, You're going to have to read. Sorry, not sorry. I'm literally never sorry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's enough for me to talk about for now. Babe. Hmm? What the fuck happens in this movie? Um, A lot. Yeast. Uh, so tends to be the case with feature films. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> so we've got a family of vegetarians. This is made clear when they go to a restaurant or like a cafeteria. Yeah. Um, where um, 
where we've got Justine says, Bonjour, can I have mashed potatoes? <laughs> Which made me laugh. <laughs> Bonjour, can I have mashed potatoes? Um, and they give her a disgusting helping of mashed potatoes. They just like slop it on there. And she goes to eat it and she gets like a piece of meat in her mouth. So I guess some of the meat got mixed in with the mashed potatoes or whatever. Her mom kind of loses her mind is like, what if you were allergic to it? Blah, blah, blah. And of course, us at home are like, so like, okay. Like as a vegetarian, I've probably accidentally at least eaten something that was cooked in like a meat stock or so, you know, yeah. like it happens. Yeah. Um, I'm not claiming to be perfect, um, but her mom kind of loses Sorry, her. I can't be. Okay, simple plan. Um, where so her mom kind of loses her shit, and we're just like, okay, girl. Yeah, um, like very much like a, a Karen moment. Yeah, and the dad's just like, let it be, and lights a cigarette. Yep, pretty <laughs> and much. Stares off into the distance. Very French. So we get a uh, we get a very clear picture of this family dynamic from the very first scene. Well, and, and the opening shot. Is a woman lying down in the road and a sob swerves to avoid her and crashes into a tree. And then we see a woman approach the car. Yes, correct. And that opening shot is like, what? Um, I forgot that it (laughs) happened until like halfway through the film where I was like, wait, what was that? Um, And then so uh, we find out that Justine is going to a going to vet school. Um, the same one that her older sister, Alex, is attending and where her parents met. So we've got a family of vets. And then vegetarian veterinarians. And <laughs> that's fun to say, vegetarian veterinarian. I know. Um, and then on her first night, she meets her roommate, Adrienne, and they are forced to partake in a week long hazing ritual, welcoming the new students. I do love his, his line here. She's like, I, I requested a woman. He goes, I requested, I requested a girl. He goes, And you got a fag. Same difference to them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Sorry for using a slur on the podcast. It applies to me. It is okay. It also was the line in the movie. Exactly. Not yeah. not that that's always okay, but you know, in certain contexts. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important line, and it's important to recite it in its actual. Yes. Right. In other circumstances, we would not. You know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they're brought to this crazy party where seems Al- awesome. Yeah, where Alex shows Justine old class photos of students bathed in blood, including one with their parents. She's the- like, they would never do that. It's like, mm. look how happy they are. Dad's so covered you can't even see his face. Yeah. And then the next morning, the new class is splattered with blood and is forced to eat raw rabbit kidneys. Mm-mm, yum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Delicious. Um, Actually, just, rabbit kidneys are really good, but. Never had one. Um, Justine refuses because of her vegetarianism, but then Alex is like, is like, you don't want to start out this way, eat it. And she like literally hand feeds her, like makes her eat it. Mm-hmm. And then um, Justine leaves with Adrienne and later discovers an itchy rash all over her body. Y'all, this rash is gnarly. It's real rough. It's disgusting. And I feel so bad for her. She goes to the doctor who diagnoses her with food poisoning and just gives her some cream for the rash. I did not know that food poisoning could give you a rash. Yeah. I've always just had, you know, like the violent vomiting um, uh, food yeah. poisoning. I've never, it's never given me a rash, but. Um, it depends on what, type, like food poisoning is a broad category, right? Like it could be botulism. It could be True. dysentery. It could be uh, uh, E. coli, you know, like. 100%. Yeah. I do have my health card license in New York City and I never have to get it again. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then the next day, Justine begins having cravings for meat, which makes her feel ashamed. Yeah, she tries to steal a hamburger patty. Yeah, from the cafeteria. And then um, she and Adrienne take a late night trip to a gas station so no one will see her eating meat. And she's still unsatisfied. She, uh, late at night in their dorm room, ends up eating raw chicken. Or I guess in the morning, but whatever. Yeah. Um, And then, (laughs) this is just crazy, Um, later throws up a long bundle of her own hair that she had been chewing on. Yeah, because she's getting, like, grilled by this professor who's just like, no, dude, you're, look, you're the top student. I don't want you here because you make good doctors drop out. Yeah. And because, like, it, it comes so easy to you. And who was cheating? Someone was cheating. Blah, blah, blah. Like, she's like chewing her hair, and then we have this very gruesome scene of oh her God, just like so long yeah. too. And the the young woman Ooh. is just like two fingers makes it come up easier. Yeah, it's this very Heathersy moment. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Believe me, is so 1986 Heather. Yeah, that that one cameo that we get from that girl is like superstar. I oh love yeah, it. she killed it. I love I love a cameo, and then that night. Alex attempts to give um, Justine a bikini wax, which you could not pay me a million dollars to have anyone who does not work at European Wax Center give me any sort of (laughs) bikini wax. No, ma'am. No, thank you. I will leave it to those nice ladies at European Wax Center. You do love your appointments there. Listen, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Would never allow anyone to do this. But anyway, and this is why. Um, the, the wax on one of the sides of her underwear gets stuck. Oh, God, scary. I'm still like, my whole back is going to be tense this entire plot description. Yeah. But when Alex tries to cut the wax off with these really sharp scissors, Justine kicks her away and Alex accidentally cuts off her own finger. Very unexpected. I was like, oh shit, this is crazy. She probably got like a black eye or whatever. Like, But then when I saw the horror in her eyes, I was like, oh shit, what happened? And I thought she, that, like her wrist had been slit or something like that. I thought that like, you know, the scissors like stabbed. <laughs> like, I don't know. Something clearly happened. But then she lifts her hand and her it's like so middle finger worse. is just gone. Yeah, her left just, middle finger is just, just half gone. off. Well, and she it's, faints. You know, second knuckle. <laughs> yeah. And she faints, and Justine picks up the finger, tastes the blood, and then starts eating it like a fucking chicken wing. Like a goddamn chicken wing. Like a chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna, chicken and macaroni. <laughs> chilling with my chicken homies. Wing. Ch- ch- chicken wing. Yeah, like straight up eats. Oh my God. It's. Probably on it. So okay, it's probably in a in a horrific sense one of the best scenes in the movie because it is that plot turn where you're like, oh, and you get the same shot as you get in Saw, but better executed, where you start to see Alex moving, and like you see her leg moving, and then you see her sit up, and it cuts to her her face, and she's just staring, and a single tear rolls down from her eye. Yup. And, but she, she tells her parents that, you know, the dog ate it because she has a dog named Quickie. It's very cute. Quickie. Yeah. So that's, you know, uh, uh, all of this is pretty concerning. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
And then the next morning, Alex takes Justine to a deserted road where she jumps in front of a car, causing the two people in it to crash into a tree. And Alex starts eating one of the passengers so that her sister would, quote unquote, learn. Instead, Justine is like, bitch, what? What the fuck? What? I'm not going to murder people to do this. This is not a thing. This is your life. This is the way you do things. This is not the way I do things. I'm not going to do it. What the fuck, Alex? But then despite this, Justine's craving for human meat grows and she starts lusting after Adrienne. And then that night she... Uh, like she just looks at Justine and says, Yeah. Like hands off. And she's like, what? Isn't he gay? And she's like... And it's like, it's unclear if she's talking about like the sex part of it. Yeah. Or if she's talking about the he's mine to eat part of it. Yeah. But it's a possession thing no matter what. Or possessiveness thing no matter what. Death. Also love... God, there is a... Real raunchy song playing before because it's not even as raunchy in English as it is in French. Like yeah. I was reading, I was reading the lyrics in English and I was hearing the la- in, you know, lyrics in French and like it's a decent translation, but oh my god, uh, yeah. And so then that night she goes to a party where paint is thrown at her as part of another hazing ritual and she's forced to make out with someone. Um, she's she's got blue. He's got uh, yellow, and they're like, don't come out of here until you're green. Mm-hmm. And then while kissing this man, Justine bites the middle of his bottom lip off, leaving the other party guests shocked and disgust. Yeah, because like, we do find out earlier that she is a virgin. Um, yes, during yes. the During the nursing. During the... Because, of course... For whatever reason, no matter when, no matter as a woman, whenever you go to any fucking doctor for any fucking reason, they always ask you if you're sexually active, if, you know, if, if you are, you know, on birth control or whatever, which in a way it's like good looking out for like saying, hey, I can prescribe you this if you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want an unwanted pregnancy or anything, which so on one hand, it's great. But like she's there for a fucking skin rash and she's like questioning her about her like. Um, so virginity. I will give I will give the nurse props for this because that actually is what you should do with a rash because it could be an adverse um, uh, reaction to a medication. And since birth control is such a fucked up. Like, just gets passed through with any number of side effects. Like, you remember they had the birth control for men thing a few years ago? Oh, right. And every symptom described was, like, what women have with their... Or people with uh, uh, vaginas have with their own periods and uh, birth control um, methods. And men were like, oh, it's too gruesome for us. (laughs) No, you're right. I see where you're going with this. It could be an allergy to a medication or an adverse reaction to it. And then asking if they're sexually active and if they use protection is to check if that's what the rash is. Like it, it's it's differential True. diagnosis. True. It was actually I'm not I, your point is well taken and correct. I True. just want to defend in this, this nurse. Instant, yeah, no, in this instance, you're you're absolutely right. When it's two women talking to each other in a movie written and directed by a woman, it's gonna have two layers there, right? Both the like if it had been a man, it'd be definitely the one thing, right? Because it would have been judgmental. Instead, no, the nurse right. is super understanding. And like, can, like talks to her and gives her advice and all that shit, right? Yeah, no, you're definitely right about this instance. I guess I've just always seen like, and and yeah, I think that is definitely correct because there's that layer of it that where they are kind of calling out that situation where I don't think if like a guy goes to goes to the doctor, which you can speak more to this than I can, obviously, 
I mean, like when you go to any and every doctor, do they ask you? Oh yeah, every single time. They do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do I use protection? Do I am I sexually active? How many partners? How long? Yada yada. Like I get the full drop down every time I get a physical. Okay. I, I guess it's just like after talking with like my maybe it's the judgment that comes with it yeah. is what I'm kind of um, feeding off of just because I've had a lot of discussions with like my girlfriends and whatnot who are like. Who say that the questions get very judgmental after yeah. the initial questions. But anyway, back to this. I stand corrected. No, no, no. I, it's, Af- it's absolutely an experiential like trauma. Like, it is something that triggers you because... And it's supposed to. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you are correct to be triggered by this because it is a thing that happens all the fucking time across the world in the medical industry. And it's fucked. Right. Um, Even if it's for a good reason, it's not. You the, know? Ra- the rash thing makes sense to me now, though. Yeah, that, it, that could be a symptom of like an STD or something or an STI, um, potentially like, I don't know. I'm not a gynecologist or a doctor. Um, but she goes back after like this, this getting paint thrown on her, all this hazing thing. She bites the guy's lip. Everyone's horrified. She goes back to her dorm and takes a shower where she takes a, um, chunk of his lip out of her teeth and eats it. Mm hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, there are just so many points in this movie where I was like, I'm gonna hurl. Um, And then Justine confides in Adrienne, and they end up having sex, uh, during which Justine tries to bite Adrienne, but instead bites her own arm until it bleeds, seeming to orgasm while doing so. And I said after it was over, I was like, I couldn't even enjoy that sex scene because I was terrified. Yeah, it was very <laughs> tense. Like, I, it felt very vampiric in an interesting way. It was, it was like, you know how, like, a lot of, uh, I would say it's mostly, like, problematic dudes that um, describe, like, sex as, like, animalistic. Mm. Like, a lot of the times it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, it was great. It yeah, was like, like yeah. yeah, like that sort of thing. But, like... I would say that this was the closest thing I've ever seen to, like, animalistic. Just because she had that, like, literal carnal craving. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk craving. about that. It's fascinating. But, um, yeah, this was very intense. Um, I, I I couldn't even enjoy or even process what was happening because I... It's, it was a lot. Yeah. It, yeah. It was... It would have been hot in a different circumstance, but because of the circumstance it was in, I, I was terrified I, yeah, for him. Yeah. Oh god. And for her, like, like uh, to, does, to become yeah. a predator, but not be. Uh, yeah. I again, lots of things to talk lots about. Lots, lots of things to unpack. Let's here. get to this story, though. Yeah, and then so we're at another party because it's college. Um, Justine gets extremely drunk. Oh, she is rocked. Ooh, girl. Can she, I get a shot? Just a small one. <laughs> he fills up the solo cup because she with, keeps telling him to. Yes, and. I was, and the way she's like gulping it, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I have seen, seen how this, this goes. Ha- I've seen this happen and it's it never ends up well. So we're all, you know, at home just like, oh, fuck. Like, what the fuck is going to happen? Um, and then Alex does something so fucked up. So yep. fucked up. Yep. I could not even believe that this happened. Like, and I, I mean, after you watch all of these types of movies, can you really be shocked anymore? Turns out, yes. Yes. Yes, um, yes, I can. Because Alex takes her to the morgue, and we don't know what happens. Until... The next day, everyone in school is, like, staring at Justine. They're like, this one girl moves away from her, and she's like, what, do I smell? Like, um, she literally sniffs herself. Yeah. Because she's in last night's clothes, too. Like, oh, it's, yes. 
um, which she probably does smell. With that amount of yeah. alcohol seeping through your pores. You yeah. are sweating vodka. You are stinking. Um, and then Adrienne shows her a video where Justine is crawling on all fours. Like, this is fucking terrifying. I thought that the eating the finger like a chicken wing was going to be, like, the most horrifying moment in this movie. They upped the ante with this. Um, yeah. And it's like, she looks like a woman possessed. Like, she is, yeah, on all fours. Oh, yeah. Her eyes are back in she her head. She doesn't just look like a drunk lady. She looks possessed. And she's, like, crawling on all fours. She's trying to take a bite out of the arm of a corpse, which Alexia keeps, like, you know, kind of playing playing she's, like the cat and the mouse. Yeah, she's of. teasing she's her. teasing her. She's like, come get a bite, come get a bite. And then, she's like, and Alex will, like, like, drunkenly stumble it. towards it. Yeah. And you've got some people saying, like, stop, this is fucked up. This yeah. is, like, yeah. Um, and she needs help, not ridicule. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Bitch has got alcohol poisoning. Oh, my God, beyond. And then... Um, Alex pulls, yeah, she's, like, teasing her, and um, then Justine confronts Alex and, like, physically fights her, like, tackles oh, her. Oh, yeah, they fucking Tackles her in the quad. It. Like, I don't know where she knew to find her, but she found her. Um, they bite each other. Um, uh, Justine gets a piece of her cheek bitten off. Um, Justine is, it, like, bites Alex. Like, it's bad. Until they're pulled apart by other students, and then Justine helps Alex up, and they walk each other back to their dorms. Such an interesting shot here, because the two men have scarves around their necks, and it pulls to a wide shot, and they're both, like, flailing like zombies or animals, like, like trying to tame an animal. And it's only when Alex hits the dude with the backpack that she gets free and frees Justine. Or, sorry, uh, Justine hits the guy with the backpack and... Um, it moves gets the other guy off of Alex and helps her up that they both calm down and just like leave. Yeah. But it is, it, it's a very interesting shot that I thought I had a lot of thoughts about. <laughs> and then the next morning, Justine wakes up in bed with Adrienne, but she notices blood on her hand and this pulls full off the Godfather blankets. moment right here. Oh, finding Adrienne dead with most of his right leg eaten and at this point, she's like, why didn't you stop me? Why didn't you stop me? Just like, you should have just hit me. Like, all yeah. the, like thinking that she did it. And then she finds a stab wound in his back. And then she sees a bloody Alex slumped on the floor. And Justine is initially just like super furious that um, Alex killed Adrienne, but then cleans Alex and herself up in the shower. I love that it was a uh, Chekhov ski, ski pole. Pretty much, yeah. Baton de ski. Well, and that's how we, um, that's how we're introduced to Adrienne in the first mm-hmm. place. That's like, you know, he's got that at the party. Yep. Um, or the hazing, whatever it was. Um, I, call I me, call me. I didn't, I went to a performing arts college. I don't know what these things are. Um, and then Alex is imprisoned for the murder of Adrienne and Justine is sent back home. There, Justine's father tells her that what happened is neither hers nor Alex's fault. He explains that when he first met their mother, he could not understand why she did not want to be with him. (laughs) It's like, maybe she just doesn't like you. I don't know. Um, Her father says he finally realized when they kissed the first time, indicating a scar on his lip. He then opens his shirt, revealing scars and missing chunks of his chest and tells Justine that she will find a solution. Cut. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh my god. Um so like we said, a lot <laughs> to unpack here. Um um what do I Let's, where do I even start? 
Where do we start, babe? I've got it. So I think we should start with uh, talking about the movement that this is part of. Okay. So it's an ongoing movement that begins in the early 21st century. Okay. So the last 20 years or so. So it's called, in English, they say like New French Extremity or New French Extremism. The It is in French, like uh, La Nouvelle Extreme Française. Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea of highly transgressive films, right? Yeah. In in a variety of ways, but particularly like the sort of like hallmarks of it are body horror and exploitation, right? Yeah. So this is a like this sort of idea, exploitation film and different sorts of like extreme quote unquote filmmaking occur every few every couple like every couple decades or so yeah so it's a thing that happened like so through the 70s and 80s we had an american uh extreme and in an italian one as well Mm -hmm. that were kind of like working together um in the 90s we had a japanese extreme right especially with like somebody like um um mike takashi mike right yeah with uh, Ichi the Killer and Audition. Oh, God, those right? movies. <laughs> but the idea is that it's in t- it's heavily it's heavily transgressive, but it's also heavily political, right? Yeah. It is critiquing something about the time. Now, the American extreme that happened at the time actually isn't extreme at all, and I'll mm-hmm. get to that. But that's movies like Hostel, like Saw, your, your various tortures porn, right? Mm-hmm. So... That is something that, like, is one thing as compared to, like, the 70s, right? With Last yeah. House on the Left or uh, The Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween to some extent. But yeah. certainly things like Cronenberg with The Fly, um, like, his remake of that. So that's that's sort of the differences, right? You can see where one is transgressive and political, the other is uh, hackney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rob Zombie is an example of hackney, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to body horror you can already see that here right yeah and i would say that like there's other films that there's other films that are pretty recognizable in that sense for this such as movies like uh martyrs or uh frontier Mm -hmm. but also a lot of things that uh like uh lars von trier or high tension them um all movies that we've we've at least mentioned yeah and it's so the body horror is this feeling it a lot of these people have said that it comes from a feeling of lack of possession of your own body hence taking things to the extreme right interesting yeah so um pascal logi uh who did who directed martyrs yeah uh, he called it uh i'll link this below uh, it's a really cool interview but um, he's like, yeah, no, my work is connected to the Amer- the current American torture porn uh, movement, but it's kind of an anti-torture porn movement because he says that while like Hostel is about torture, Martyrs is about pain. Mm. Um, so I'm going to quote from here him here. <clears throat> so I'm going to quote from him here. Uh, Logier says, my film is very clear about what it says about human pain and human suffering. The film is only really about the nature and the meaning of human suffering. I mean, the pain we all feel on an everyday basis, not in a symbolic way. The film doesn't talk about torture. It talks about the pain. Hmm. So what I really like about the French extreme movement is that it's personal, right? Yeah. It's you are the you are in the side of the victim 
because you feel the pain that they feel. No one's inflicting it necessarily. It's the pain of existence. Very French, right? Right. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. sad. <laughs> um, as opposed to the American torture porn movement, where it's about somebody inflicting that pain upon others, right? Right. You feel the viscerality of it because you f- you they uh, create these eloquent elegant elegant sequences sorry mm-hmm. that are horrifying but they don't like we've talked about the horrifying horror distinction right yeah torture is horrifying pain is horror yeah does that make sense yeah absolutely because it's it's a it's a shift in perspective exactly and one is humanist and the other is like dehumanizing yeah and i think that's what logier is trying to say is that it really is about like you feel the pain because you understand pain. Yeah. And it's 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 such a small distinction, but it's such a wide gap in how it's understood, right? Fully. Because, yeah. like, I understand torture porn because, like, yeah, I, I understand what it would feel like to feel, like, let me fingernails ripped out because I've torn Ugh. a fingernail, right? Like, we've talked about that. Like, there are, there's viscerality to things, but when it's... I'm leaving movies like Brain Dead and Evil Dead out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, gross out is different than gore, yeah. right? And they use gross out for mostly comedic effect. You yes. feel it. There's a viscerality to it. Yeah, but it's camp. Yeah. Even in the even in the the requel <laughs> uh, from 2013, it's still a bit camp, and it's not torture porn. I think it is pain, right? Mm-hmm. I think it falls more into this, even though it's a little more mainstream than a lot of these films. It's still like I, it falls more in line with New French Extreme, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, that's just on the body horror side of it. So the political side is the exploitation, right? Um, and, and it's, that's the even more transgressive side. And that's where you start to get into like, is there a morality to art? Yeah. That, so that's when you look at things like Makita Saad or like, I forget the name, how many names of, or how many days of Sodom, but that movie, um, movies that we don't watch, Right. Because they are just gross. Right. Um, and, I, and I mean that in like a way of like, it, it's like when people talk about Han- uh, Cannibal Holocaust and like why it's actually bad. Um, but there are other really good versions of it, like In My Skin or um, Pola X or uh, um, Baz Moi. So like the, it, it's a fine line, but it does. Ma- that's the point of the transgression. Uh, when you transgress, sometimes you're going to fuck up, right? Yeah, and I think you bring up an interesting point about, um, the like, is morality in art a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, because what I find really, really cool about this um, particular movie is I never feel like the viewpoint of the movie is judging Justine. No, it's, it's sympathetic. It's really cool. It's really cool because it's really just exploring this idea as mm-hmm. opposed to judging judging her in this movie for her actions and i think that that is one thing that makes this movie really really great mm-hmm. is because you leave it up to, it, this movie doesn't need to judge itself yeah it leaves it up to us and and makes it honestly more disturbing for us to just see these acts is just like a matter of fact thing. Like this Mm -hmm. is just how it is for this family. And I think that that is just really, it elevates this movie in a way, because I think if it judged her, I would not like it. I would think, uh, I don't know if it, if the movie decided to take that stance as opposed to just give us kind of like 
a view of it, I, I yeah, I don't think that it would have worked as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say in a good way that there's no point to this movie other than pity. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. That you're supposed to feel pain for Justine. Yeah, and well, I think so. So I kind of, I don't know if, I don't think um like allegory I think might be too strong of a word, but I definitely think that this movie is getting at sexual repression at home and then sexual freedom once you like move away Mm -hmm. from home right because if you're thinking about like oh she's vegetarian so she's been restricted from having meat right yes or maybe if you know people who grow up in very religious homes or just homes who have that um that uh who hold that ideology that you should wait for marriage or just 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 sexually repressed homes in general and then that idea of exploration once you're away from the people who were anchoring you Mm -hmm. to that um that idea and what can kind of happen there and how it's you know in and and what i like about how it's not judging her is that she's you feel conflicted because she's finding her power she's becoming empowered through this kind of hunger and that's why i think that um that's why I think that this might be linking this to sexual liberation and kind of finding who you are sexually and yeah. exploring and everything because we do see her start to come into her own. She's like kind of trying on different identities, which is what you do when you leave home, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you don't know, nobody really knows you with the exception of her sister in this, nobody really knows who you were back home. So you can kind of try on these different identities. And I kind of love that the extremist version of this is why not try cannibalism? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, why not throw that in the mix? (laughs) So I think that's, that's a solid interpretation. I think it's very clear interpretation. I mean that like, again, like it's, I don't think that there's an argument that it's not that because when you even look at this, um, she feels shame when she first, you know, has the desire and, you know, finds a way to accept it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very clear because of Adrienne, right? Yes. So Adrienne is queer and Muslim. And we find that out because uh, she makes a comment like, yo, that's got pork in it. You know, he goes, and? And then after they have sex and he, uh, she confronts him in the study room, he blows up at her and mm-hmm. says like, <clears throat> says, I didn't, I am gay. Justine, I am gay. Gay. Do you understand me? I did not spend 20 years hiding to fuck women. Yeah. And that's, and I think that that, so then we're looking at like, okay, so he has found himself, right? And she's making him, she's pushing the repression back on him, mm-hmm. which is another great theme here that I'm going to get into a second. Um, but she is unintentionally so, but she's she's pushing the repression back on him because she's like, oh, she thinks she's being helpful. And then she wants to be desired and desires and mm-hmm. finds that in him for a night. And then they don't talk. And then that it's because she didn't consider his feelings about the subject. Maybe he no, doesn't. Maybe he knows and doesn't care that there's pork in it. Maybe he doesn't keep halal. Like, yeah, because he is a um He's a Muslim French person, which is a whole thing to get into again, uh, which I guess I might as well just jump into it. Um, <laughs> cannibalism. And a lot of its racist roots. Yes, yes. Uh, so cannibalism has barely been recorded in real, like for real. 
mm-hmm. in human history. Um, the moments it has happened have typically been for survival, like the Donner Party. Yeah. There were there have been accusations or allegations of cannibalism amongst, uh, let's say, a lot of people from the global south by white colonizers, Western European colonizers. Of course, they're going to say anything that will... Uh, it, it's fear-mongering is what it is. Yeah, and it's making something up that's sensational because people want to believe that this is this mystical new world of this backward other species. And I'm I'm, I'm using... Or I'm uh, mentioning not using those phrases, right? Um, but this film, I think, does a great job of flipping that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we have the... We, we are pointed to again and again that uh, Justine is average to well above average, right? She's seeking, she wants to be what she considers normal and average, but we know she's the top student coming in. Her fit, she comes from an immense amount of privilege. Yes. Um, and is using her time to experience things, uh, to express her desires of the flesh, which I love that double note here from the whole movie it's desires of the flesh right or of and for the flesh great thing easy to pick up but it's fucking cool Mm -hmm. it's well done um but so what does she lust after right we're already transgressing because she lusts after raw human flesh yeah that's fucked we all agree that that is such a transgression of whatever morality you hold we know that that is wrong right yeah but typically like i said it's always been uh, brown, black, brown and black folks typically that have been uh, accused of cannibalism by again white colonizers. Yes. Um, sorry. And you can find example after example after example of this of people who were uh, colonizing Africa, colonizing the south of uh, Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. So that's all. Very easy to find, um, and I don't need to cite it all here because it would take so much longer to do. Yeah. But the reversal here that points to Justine's privilege is that she is lusting after a, a brown man and lusting after brown flesh. And I love that flip because so there is so much racism against Arabs in France. Mm-hmm. It is It is ungodly to have colonized... The Arab world, and then turn around and say, "You guys are inferior." Fuck you. Of course, you. of course. That's, Fuck you. That's such a typical route. That yeah. Much as I love speaking French in the French language and a lot of French things, fuck France. Um, so yeah, it's it's and that's I love that Julia was like, "No, we're we're gonna flip this one on its uh, on its head real quick," because if this movie had been made. By a lot of other people, it would have been the other way around. It would have been Adrienne lusting after Justine. Well, and I think because that, that was the narrative. Yeah, and I think that it's very um, kind of to tie both of our points together. Um, I think that it's it's very intentional that the story revolves around two sisters, mm-hmm. not a brother and a sister, not two brothers, not yeah. you know, it's it's. We we're uh, we're we're thought to or we're meant to believe that Alex experienced 
similar things to Justine. They're two different people, obviously. Alex seems more comfortable with herself, but well, it's even the father's whole story at the end. The whole speech he gives is that she's always been comfortable in herself. Yeah, and they come from, but they come from the same, you know, quote unquote, repressive family. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm a vegetarian here. I'm not saying that vegetarians are repressed. Um, but it, but in, it should be a choice, not an enforcement. Exactly. The, the, um, in the context of this movie, that is their method of repression. But it's also protection um, as repression. It's, yeah, yeah, it's fucking it's, fantastic. It's, it's I, everything about well, this movie is good. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly what parents believe when they sexually repress their teenagers and, yes. and everything. Yes. They believe that it's for their protection when that's not always the case. Yep. It's normally not. You, you really, really should, even though it's uncomfortable, you really should try to be involved in that part of their life. Mm-hmm. If you, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and, uh, so to tie those two those two ideas together, this would have been a very different movie, and probably wouldn't have made the same statement that it did if it were you know two brothers or a brother and a sister. Um, because yeah, we're meant to believe that Alex went through similar things as Justine did just a year prior, mm-hmm. where the hunger kind of took over and. But since Alex isn't kind of just a ball of confusion and question like Justine is, she was able to manage it and made it through her like freshman year and into her sophomore year, I'm assuming. Um, uh, Just, you know, nobody, obviously nobody like really knew. And if they did, they didn't, you know, she was doing fine, it seemed. Right. So it's interesting to see two different personality types go through this where again since Alex is very has always been very sure of herself she probably was quicker to accept her you know if we're talking about like you know the allegory here to accept her sexuality Mm -hmm. and embrace it that's why she's doing what she needs to do to like feed this hunger like run out in front of cars and all that shit and Justine is like no is she still grappling with it but there's also the parallel that Alex is more reckless, right? Yes. Because Justine lays in front of the car and they swerve to avoid her. Mm-hmm. Alex just runs in front of the car and gets hit. Yeah. So she's putting her own body at risk. And she seems to, like, every time we see her, she's using some sort of drug or she's super drunk or mm-hmm. what have you, right? Like, that is who Alex is. Alex doesn't care if she lives or dies is sort of the implication, right? Yes. She doesn't super want to live with this curse, we'll call it, yeah, of the cannibalism, but she's like, fuck it. I'm going to live life to the fullest while I still have one. We'll see how long that goes, and I don't know how much, how long I want it to go. Justine, from Jump Street, is all about preservation of life, right? Mm-hmm. Between the vegetarianism, the fact that she doubles down on it, the whole conversation about how... Um, bestiality is uh, analogous to uh, sexual assault Mm -hmm. on humans. Mm -hmm. Her super distinct and strong views on animal rights. Yeah. um, And, and sovereignty or like bodily autonomy. That's her why for wanting to be a veterinarian. Exactly. Yeah. And she, she asks everybody that, right? Yeah. After a bunch of homophobic and racist comments from the shitty dude who's like, who she ends up making out with. I'm pretty sure oh, that the is the guy. Yeah, that's right. You can't right. tell because he's covered in paint, but I'm pretty sure it is. He's covered in blood in the first scene. So. <laughs> yeah, hard to know. Um, but I have to imagine it would be it's a pretty small cast other than extras. So, but yeah, no, that's, that is, yeah, that's sort of how I see 
that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that, that, yeah, 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 of course. Um, and the, I also think the genius of this movie is the setting. Putting this at a college where, like, if you just watch the trailer, you think that maybe she's been sent to some crazy fucking place where, like, because you just see her, like, covered in the blood or whatever mm-hmm. that they do for the hazing thing, and then her eating what looks like a part of a raw animal, like, in the yeah. trailer. So it was kind of genius of them to put this in such an already because you would probably people have people have uh discussed hazing and fraternities and college and the things that happen in hazing rituals or whatever to be quite animalistic Mm -hmm. to be quite inhumane and cruel and everything so it was really interesting to me I almost felt like I would, you know, those scenes in Mean Girls where like, um, Katie Katie is seeing everyone as an animal. Mm -hmm. I was kind of watching this movie almost like that, like seeing, um, and she was relating humans to animals and, you know, uh, you guys have probably all seen Mean Girls, so I don't need to expand (laughs) on that. Um, but I thought that it was really cool that they decided to add that in because it a adds to your discomfort because she can't, like when when you you see her get like nailed with the paint the mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's just covered in blue paint you yeah. don't see it coming like no. it just happens to her you're like fuck so it disorients you even as like an audience member and then with just the first night of like the hazing and they're like hurting these students like cattle yeah you know around the school they're like crawling in crawl spaces and into this very like 90s uh music video of a party party? like it looks like tattoo yeah (laughs) which was later that was not the 90s i'm aware i was alive watch that video on repeat Didn't we all? Signs I should have known I was queer before. (laughs) Didn't we all? We were just so fascinated. I also would not be me if I did not mention how dope this oneer is at the party. Yeah. There's such a great tracking oneer throughout the party that is so disorienting because, like, if you were using cuts, it wouldn't feel the same. And I think that's really clever to use that. Because, like, a lot of times a oneer is a flex. But at a party scene where you just kind of need to get Justine in and out of shot... It's not that hard to shoot and it's not a, it's not, you're not doing it to like be like the opening of Boogie Nights, right? Yeah. Where it's like a, it's like a minute and a half of uncut film. That's all this one set piece Yeah. where everybody has to hit marks. No one has to really hit marks here, which I love. So it's not to flex on anybody. It's because it's an artistic choice that is the correct artistic choice. Cause if you did it with cuts, it would look worse. Yeah. And it wouldn't raise the tension nearly as much. Because it makes you feel like that when you're drunk or tired or like weirded out at a party. Or just sober at a party where everyone else is not. But everybody's around you. It's hot. It's sweaty. It's dark. There's like weird lights. And like, that's what I mean. It's like it actually, it's so hard to make people feel like they are at a party on film. Yeah. It's It's a classic problem. This actually felt like being at a really loud, like rave type party. Yeah. And... Yeah, I think I just I think that the um, idea of hazing and then and then there's a reason for all of them to be covered in like blood. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that, you know, like all of these just because, again, in in, uh, the hazing process, I suppose, is meant to shock. It's meant to be inhumane and they say that people act like animals and all yeah. of this. So it was, it's very clever. I think that that is a, a number one buzzword I can use for this movie is it's clever. Absolutely. And I cannot wait to watch Satan after this. Like this is, this is a fantastic out of the gate, 
we talk about how not everybody bats a thousand coming out of the gate. She fucking did. <laughs> oh yeah, the whole the whole thing is, is yeah. great, and I Julia Ducano like is I've on my fucking out, radar. I've got to also shout out the the beginning sting of the movie with the awesome music, and then the same sting that ends the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the music is fantastic. Music it is sets great. the tone so well. The the French uh, music is it's it's awesome. It's but the great. score is also just yeah stunning. Yeah, I I would highly recommend this movie, but it is certainly not for the faint of heart. It's a tough watch. I've got a strong stomach, and this one really just hit very well. uh, Yeah, I was I was a little nauseous at certain points. Um, I had to take a lap. You did. I was like, go. It's like I have to walk all the way down our long ass apartment and grab another fucking kombucha. I am. Uh It's like get me drunker to deal with this film. It was a lot. And then we watched Euphoria after it because we needed a palate cleanser. <laughs> we always do that. I'm like, yeah, because we need something to uplift us. Let's watch Euphoria. Let's watch Someone Great, the movie that breaks my heart five times a second. Yeah. But yeah, I would definitely I would definitely recommend this. But yeah, if you are at all squeamish, maybe, uh, maybe skip this one. <laughs> or at least have a pillow to cover your face with. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I think that I think that, that covers me. That, yeah, that wraps us up. You guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod, and we have a little website horrorbabespod.com. If you're enjoying us, feel free to give us a rating or a review on iTunes. Also, our DMs are always open on Instagram or Twitter. So, you know, uh, give us a shout if you think of anything. If you want to uh, address anything at all, let us know. And until mm-hmm. next time, bye, bye babes. Yeah, babe.